Hey there, stranger. Come sit a spell while we talk about all things creepy, morbid, and spooky. Grab a drink and get comfy with us. Welcome to the Morning Girls Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Hillary. I'm Natalie. And where are the morning girls? Bonjour. Ni hao. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, we're meeting in the daylight. Yeah. Which is not normal. Yeah. We are usually... It's like vampires. Night This is the skin of a killer bella. I'm, gl- I'm actually glistening right now. You can't see it. Oh, that's sweat, babe. Mm-hmm. I love you, but yeah. that is absolutely sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like 95 degrees outside and I'm a fat girl. So, yeah, it's sweat. That's fair. Mm-hmm. You're probably, you've never been that close to your mic before. You're probably going to want to get part. Oh, God. Hello. It's going to be loud. If so you want sorry. A pillow, let me know. Maybe you need to build one up so it's not so like. I It'll be all right for right now. Yeah. You, I guess you've blow dried hair and you, you have a lot of upper body arm strength. Yeah. My um, arms are like noodles. You say that, but like you can blow dry your hair and like I have to take breaks. I mean, if we're being realistic, you'll see in okay. Philly when I do my hair. I'm okay. like, <sighs> I'm like dying in the middle of it. Well, Potter's it, seen it. It is ninety plus degrees. We're dying. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, Natalie's house is nice and cool. I also think I just did a Pittsburgh house. Yeah, which is really awful. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, we're here and we're doing a afternoon recording. Yeah, an so afternoon fancy. delight, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got done shopping, which was lovely. Trying yes. to get stuff for our trip. You like made out. Yo, I don't shop. I was telling Natalie, like, I don't shop. I have an absolute mental breakdown when I try to like look for my size and try on my size, and if it doesn't fit, I panic. And it makes me want to die, and I just don't like it. So I exclusively buy things online or at Torrid because it's just safer. And for the first time in my life, I bought clothes not at either of those places. Shout out Target Clearance. And I feel like a fucking baddie. Like, I love Foxblood. Those staples that I got, Uh a million times better. Because they were a fourth of the price. Yeah, and the like, in the fabric that they're made out of is like that wrinkle resistant kind of like stretchy oh, fabric. I mean, I'm sure it wrinkles at some point, but yeah. it's not like Plus I, I got cool pants, and I've wanted yeah. non-black pants for a while. I got some olive like trousers. Yeah, you did. Um, because I have shirts that aren't black, and I feel like you know, my staples are generally black, and it's not because I'm all goth. Although I am alternative, <laughs> as I wear like dark purple oh, lipstick. Oh goth. But I just, I like black. It, it works well. But I have, like, colored shirts. Like, uh, I have a blue Greta Van Fleet shirt that I love to wear, but I, like, don't have leggings that I feel comfortable in. Sure. That, those olive pants? Oh, disco, disco hippie over here is going to be like. <laughs> it's a little boho look. Like, let me a little boho. Oh, my God, it's fall. Give me, a, like, a brown Sorry. big hat, and then it'll, I'll just look like a Christian I'm still fall trying to girl. figure out what show that was on when they did the, um. The Christian girl fall thing. I want to say it was SNL. And every time they came back to the girl, her the berm for her hat was like wider. Yes, I believe that was SNL. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to find the clip. Incredible. Well, yes. you said that you had a rant. I have a rant, but I also have like some housekeeping 
to do. Real Let's quick. do housekeeping first. So, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about. I'm really liking recording on the couch because I can just be a lazy. We blob. can record on the couch. We are. Yeah, it's not only in the afternoon, but we're also on the couch. I, you know, I, I have like a little, a little table at home. I might have to start bringing here. Yeah. So I have my computer on it. That would be fun. But anyway. Yeah. Housekeeping. What is your Um, housekeeping? We were talking about Hawk a couple episodes ago and I misgendered them. Are they, they, them? Yes. Um, I'm so sorry. There was a couple sources that I saw that were she, they. Yes. Um, but from their social media, I am gathering that even if they are she, they, they prefer yeah they because i did look i you know saw one of their tiktoks and i was like curious because it seemed more fluid than i think i've seen Mm -hmm. before and i was like oh what are their pronouns and they weren't listed yeah which like you don't have to list your pronouns but as people who want to be correct and you know honor your identity like Mm -hmm. it helps sure i have them i think you do too we both do don't we um i don't have them I mean, um, not on on the podcast, but like on my Instagram. I don't have I do. it on my TikTok because I just don't have enough space in my bio. But yeah, on but Instagram, is also your company. Yeah, Instagram. Right. I have my right. pronouns. Yeah, because it's your personal. Yeah. No, no, no. I have it in. Oh, my... in your business too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, Hawk, we love you no matter how you gender yourself. But they them. Sure. I'm glad that you did that call out. Did you have another no, housekeeping? No, that was okay. just that. I just wanted to make sure that that got in the top of the show. Yeah. So that they didn't think that I was just, like, the people, that, as in they, like, the collective, didn't think I was just glossing oh, over Oh, why it. aren't you speaking that they, Hawk, will hear this? I mean, I would die. Could you could I've you talked imagine? to Hawk before, and they are glorious and just like the sweetest. Over-commenting? No, like, DMs. Because when I was first starting, uh, okay, <laughs> when I was first starting Wonder Witch, I did like a um, a series of making panties for like TikTokers, oh, just to like cool get like my name out there and just do like some like mock up kind of stuff. I did yeah. them for like some different TV shows and like just kind of like just to like whatever was popular at the time, yeah. just to try to get on people's radar. Um, and they saw it and messaged me. I was like, thank you so much for like thinking of me like this is so cool like they were like just the sweetest i would cry yeah wow yeah we love you hawk mm-hmm. yeah awesome i know i know some people have like conflicting kind of opinions on them why there's always controversy on the internet oh but i've talked to them twice through dms okay and they have always been nothing but just super sweet so it brings up the interesting conversation or topic, I guess, when when we're talking about like interactions with celebrities. Um, and this is just something that I saw yesterday, last night on TikTok, mm-hmm. where someone was talking about Doja Cat and mm-hmm. not about the controversial dating a predator, child groomer, <laughs> beyond which is that, an, yeah. a, an absolute issue. But it was the question of the relationship between creator and fan mm-hmm. and is that healthy is no. that appropriate right so her whole anti you know fan thing i never looked at it from that perspective and i think that that's very interesting however it doesn't excuse your behavior like no in general you i, don't, there I are think pe- there are celebrities that like 
don't make it their life to yeah. connect with fans and they're still courteous they're still kind they're just not mm-hmm. involved and to go on stuff like lives and get mad that people are on your lives yeah that's so weird like why are you doing a live then just be private it's so fine. there's i feel like doja cat is like a, a tangled web of a lot of things a lot yeah. um she's obviously not mentally completely stable doesn't seem we've seen that multiple times when she's done things publicly just i think having episodes um and we just look at it and we're like oh she's quirky and weird but i think like she's literally i think she's having like mental health yeah crises crises if you will um like the whole thing with joseph quinn Mm -hmm. i have a feeling that was more of like an ocd latch on yeah um type of situation because with ocd it's very easy for you to like you just latch on to someone when even if you don't necessarily like mm-hmm. aren't attracted to them aren't really big that into them like your brain for some reason is like we like that one yeah we're gonna be obsessed with that one for no for no reason yep. um and that happens very easily with like celebrities when people have like parasocial relationships mm-hmm. because in their brain their brain kind of fills in the holes of like yeah. But you've never met them. Um, but she's also a celebrity. So I think you're just seeing a human brain do what a human brain does when it's not mentally well. Yeah. Um, she just has more eyes on her than most of us do. Yeah. Um, and then there was this. So I <laughs> I have ended up on Black TikTok for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure the algorithm thinks that I'm either Latino or Black, which I'm fine with because the content is fire. It's wonderful. Um, I feel safe there i feel comfortable there yeah um could you imagine what like white christian tiktok looks like i don't want to that would be horrible i was my husband and i were talking yesterday and we were talking about there was this tiktok that's gone viral this girl like talking about um how she can't listen to like certain songs because like everything's satanic now and somebody commented and was like i'm so glad i get to enjoy things <laughs> <laughs> like why are you living Amazing. your life like this like, you're doing this to yourself. And Jesus is somewhere like, why? Babe. That's not what I was talking take about. Take it easy. Yeah. yeah. Take it easy. Um, take it easy. But I, I've ended up on Black TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of, and I a lot of the stuff I don't interact with, I just kind of, like, watch it and take it in. And, you know, I take it as, like, education on what, it, like, the, their perspective of Sure. Things. So, um, they were talking about Doja Cat, like, her dad is, like, royalty where they're from. Yes, um, I saw this But he dive. had nothing right. to do with her growing up. Yeah. Um, but there's this something about her disconnection with her blackness and mm-hmm. the black community and, like, where she just, there's, like, a lot of, like, um, Was this the one where they talked about how she's raised by a Jewish mother in Malibu? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on the same side of TikTok, which yeah. I absolutely adore. Love that. Um, um Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's that, too, where she doesn't know how to connect with people because she doesn't understand where they're coming from. But mm-hmm. they're expecting her to speak about things in a certain way because she is black, but she doesn't connect to that part of her. Right. But she's making money off of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the whole, like, dating a pedophile yeah. thing. Um, I, th- I just think that she needs help. Um. I think that she just needs to step away for yeah. a little. I think she's extremely talented. She's talented. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think she's but too connected. Yeah. There's too and it's too easy for her to just go on live and do like wild right. shit. Right. And and anyone who goes, I don't give a shit constantly talking about how they don't give a shit gives give the most shit. shit. Mm-hmm. Gives the absolute most shit. If yeah. you can get a give a shit, you wouldn't be addressing it the whole time. You would let people just kind of simmer in a little pot. Yeah. And just let them go. And True. go like, well, I actually don't care. You wouldn't be getting online and shaving your head. Right. Which, I mean, that's a vibe. It. She's I kid a total you not, vibe. I know that you've had your shaved head moment. Mm-hmm. I was so close this morning that I almost started crying. Natalie has seen me throughout this entire late morning afternoon yeah. um, want, want to throw up. It's so hot. And I was yeah. so sweaty. And I was sitting there at the kitchen table before I came over. And I was helping my son do Legos. He was, like, building Legos. Also, he was – my son is four. The Legos that were purchased were for seven and up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, can you just look at the age ranges before – because now this is my task yeah. as your mother. And I love Legos. I would prefer something that wasn't a fucking shark, but fine. Sure. Um. So I'm sitting there trying to speak with a four-year-old who's upset that the, he can't do his own Legos because he's four and it's for seven-year-olds and, like, he can only do so much. Yeah. But having cold sweat in mm-hmm. pool around the back of my neck. I, I Joe came over uh before he like went to shower and he like touched the back of my neck. He was like, Oh my god. Yeah. Like I don't I can't even talk to you about it because if I, if I talk about it, I'm gonna start crying and find I'm a, over and the summer. Razor. Like I'm so overstimulated. Uh-huh. And just irritable and just ready to explode yeah. at any given moment that I just I need it to be over. Yeah. I I need it to be over. Like mm-hmm. I, you were talking about shaving your head. I've had so many, like, Pedro moments from Napoleon Dynamite. Like, so oh, it was yeah, hot. Yeah. So I went home so and I shaved hot. it all off. It was hot. So I got in the tub. I get it. But I was still hot. Yes. It is so relatable. Yes. Because I've had so many times where I'm like, hair is touching my neck. Yeah. It's all got to go. Yeah. And I'm usually not that bad. And like, I'm literally sitting next to my extension. <laughs> Like I ripped yeah, my you extension. Put in sti- you put in extensions yesterday. Well, they're clip-ins. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I would assume. So I like just took them out and like just threw them over there because I was tired of them. <laughs> and That's because just I'm hair. just so all over the place right now because again I'm overstimulated. I'm busy because technically it's spooky season in retail. It is spooky season. It, but you are. But it doesn't feel like spook- spooky no. season because it's so hot. So it's like the mixture of being overstimulated by the heat. And it being spooky season, being busy, I'm just all over the place. I can't get anything accomplished. I can't get anything done because I am just, I just want to sit in an ice bath. Listen, I know that you say you aren't getting anything done, but your designs are ridiculous that are coming out. And I'm freaking out. I can't, I have to wait for all of them so I can Mm -hmm. make a final decision because otherwise I'm like order some and then you'll drop six more that i'm like god and then i'll just send them to you if you want them i mean that's true i'll get them you, you know the owner i i do but like, <laughs> also i'm not i i never want it to become this weird like hey natalie i really like this shirt like i i'm a size three i know like, what, I, si- what size you are i could just send it to your not anymore I, apparently because now i'm a fucking pop off queen. god damn pop off um my feet are shrinking anyway um so you have a rant that isn't anything that we've talked about yet. What was your rant? And he was. Um. So on. I don't know. I, I I said I feel like I'm going to end up. Oh, okay. Going on a rant. It's not anything I'm angry about. It's just something that like. Passionate. I'm passionate about right now. And I feel like I'm kind of. 
fallen down the rabbit hole with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I've ever talked about my practice on here. In what way? Like my uh, deity work. So I work with Aphrodite mm-hmm. mainly, exclusively for a really long time. Now I also work with Lucifer, who is, if you know anything about Greek mythology and like Roman mythology too, mm-hmm. how he shows up in those kind of spaces religiously is he's the other side of the coin for Venus and or Aphrodite. Like they're not the same deity, but they're different right. sides of the same coin, if that makes any sense. Anyway, so I obviously work with really like I don't know. Aphrodite is obviously very feminine. Right. Um, and I feel like Lucifer is very masculine, but he pushes the feminine. Mm-hmm. Especially Certainly. from especially from a space of like um being wronged and female mm-hmm. rage and like not letting people walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Um So I obviously do a lot of research on deities and female rage and feminist literature and all of that kind of stuff um so mary magdalene keeps popping up for me in like books and my fyp and all of that kind of stuff so i've just kind of like i've downloaded a couple books to listen to this week while i'm working um so i started doing like research into you know how she's been wiped out of christian literature Mm -hmm. and especially in the catholic church how she's been demonized yes um like literally demonized Mm -hmm. like they wove this story of how she was like possessed by seven demons and that jesus had to like (laughs) like get them out of her or something like that and he like saved her meanwhile mary magdalene for one was not a sex worker even if she was pop off queen but she was not and they used that to mm-hmm. make her seem like she was less than yeah um, and that she was just some helpless sex worker that jesus took pity on right which was not the case um she was a mogul pretty much like our version like our the like current day mm-hmm. she owned multiple properties oh i thought you said immobile and i'm like no. what does that mean a mogul a mogul as in a yeah. business mogul yeah like I gotcha. she had investments she had money she was funding his like his movement wow she was his number one apostle even though she's not like recognized oh. as that um she was the first one that he came to when he came back from the dead yeah the first time she was there with him you gotta go to your money you know yeah. what i mean uh, well, there were rumors says. that they were like together. Yes. Um, and if it, it, even if it wasn't that they were like sexually together, they like he trusted her. Mm-hmm. He trusted her opinion. Um, she was his equal. Right. Like, let's talk about partnership. Yeah. Partnership does not have to be a sexual exchange. No. They could have been like partnership soulmates mm-hmm. in a way that had nothing like a platonic, to do. like yeah, yeah, like a not a business whatever but like it can still be a partnership with the same amount of weight that if you would have like Mm -hmm. an emotionally sexual partnership with sure so it doesn't matter anyway keep going yeah so she's just been completely wrong just like most women in the bible 
Yeah. Or women just in general in religion, um, but especially the Catholic Church. I mean, I've said it a thousand times when I grew up. You'll say it a thousand more. Super Catholic. And super, like... Like, I just feel like when you grow up Catholic, there's this immense amount of guilt that is placed on you the moment that you're born. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a female. Because you're, you're constantly told that, like, you have this like responsibility to like the home and the to this and you need to be this and you need right. to be that and like um you know even at the basis of it the religion that like you know the whole eve yeah betraying and not listening and you know what I mean like we're just kind of we're an extension of that guilt and paying back yeah her mistakes and all of that kind of stuff so when you look at things like Mary Magdalene and you look at things like Lilith mm-hmm and all of the women who have been written out of the Bible. Yeah. Because there were many women that Jesus worked with. Mm-hmm. Because they were the nurturers. They were the ones who brought him in and helped him and yeah. wanted to help people that were homeless. And you know what I mean? And they were all just written out of history. Or they were kept in there and they completely mistold their story. Yeah. There's very few women in the Bible that aren't... I don't know, non-equal to Mm -hmm. men. And it always goes back to, you know, what did their service do to honor God? I mean, it is the Bible. So, like, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a lot. And that's not, which is so funny because, like, that's not what Jesus's, like, mission was. Like, he didn't want, like, a harem of women to just, like, bow down to him. Right. He wanted to change the world and, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how people were treated. And they were just on the same mission with him. And it wasn't like they were his followers. They were his equals. Yeah. Um, they were people he was working with. And I think that's the way we like view women in that story and in that context mm-hmm. is like they were tools that he used. But right. that's not how he viewed them. Right. Um, I mean, I, can, I can't speak for Jesus, but I'm, the way that I've. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the. Agnostic- Watch me speak for him anyway. Yeah. I speak for Jesus. Um, <laughs> throw it back for Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, but one of the books that I downloaded, I have to look up the other one. It's something Mary Magdalene. Everybody has been, like, anything that I've looked up about her, everybody's like, you have to read this book. Like, it's, like, oh, cool. the basis of understanding where she was coming from, her history, why she's so important. Wow. All of that kind of stuff. Hold on. Let me look up my Audible. But there's also the agnostic gospel. Have you ever heard of the agnostic gospel? No. So a lot of Christians, if you bring it up, they um, will say, like, oh, that that's not real. Like, that's not, like, basically it's not canon if you're talking about, like, sure. in terms of, like, books yeah. and things like that. Um, Mary Magdalene Revealed is what it's called. Um, but it talks about the agnostic gospel. And the agnostic gospel is supposed to be the gospel before things got taken out oh, and yeah, switched yeah. around. Okay. And there's a lot more stories that didn't make it into the Bible. Well, yeah, there's definitely biblical books that aren't in the Bible. Like yeah. there's the book of Enoch. Um there's a few yeah. that I know of. And they reference the Book of Enoch a lot in yeah. that. Um, so there's, like, Lilith's actual story. Um, Where do you get said 
the, you can buy it in a bo- in a book like it's a book oh see it's that like scripture yeah in reading um i have thought about like this is such a tangled web for me because i have so much religious trauma yeah but i also come from it like come to it as a like someone who's curious about religion mm-hmm. um like obviously jesus is important yeah in history because i mean like we tell time there was a girl on tiktok the other day that was like we tell time Mm -hmm. like before he was born yeah (laughs) and after he died like that's how important he is right um so i kind of want to like try to wipe out as much as i thought i knew yeah and just go from like a, a stance of research not guilt and well and i think that's the difference like yeah i am just freshly out of yeah a very restricted and i'm not ready to have that be like something that i totally dive and you into. don't have to ever be ready no no but like i, I think i want to share because i think it's sure. important to understand mm-hmm. but not today that's a lot mm-hmm. um but essentially i in a very very abbreviated way detached myself from a very unhealthy religious group organization uh relationship whatever and part of the deconstruction though is addressing what was mistaught Mm -hmm. and i think there's a difference when you want to buy something like that so you can continue to deconstruct and heal Mm -hmm. and understand versus like it being a religion it doesn't have to be just because it's extra biblical text Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to mean that it's then a religious practice for you to read it you're just simply reading it yeah like i it's such a weird thing for me to like explain how i look at it um because even like being a little kid and going to church like it never quite clicked for me i remember like just sitting there and being like none of this makes sense like you're telling me that this guy died for my sins which that's a whole other thing that like we constantly are told like he died he suffered okay like they'll say that to babies when they're baptizing them yeah, well, I have a whole... Like, original sin, all of that shit. Yeah. Like... The Catholic Church makes it, it... It's just special what they do. It's just, like... So, you're telling me on one hand that this guy that died for my sins... Which, that meme that's, like, Jesus died for my sins, that's manipulative. <laughs> uh, um, But on one side, you're saying, this guy loves me so much... Mm-hmm. that he died for my sins and he would do anything for the like the, his creations and mm-hmm. it's just like this unconditional love right and on the next hand you're telling me that if i show some cleavage i'm gonna go burn in the fiery pits of hell right from the same person right i understand duality right but that seems a little extreme yeah so which one is it so when right. I got a little bit older and started, like, not reading so much into, like, the history of Jesus, but, like, understanding that Jesus was an actual person. He mm-hmm. wasn't just, like, this figment of this book that right. I read in church. And that he was an actual person in the Middle East. Or is yeah. that the Middle East? In the Middle East. And he would have been a brown person. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have looked like the paintings that were in the Catholic Church. Um, his teachings weren't violent and dark the way that the catholic church presents them like and i started to understand that it was more of a control thing for the people who are here yeah 
rather than a control thing for the actual person Jesus right would have wanted um and it was more of like a priest scaring you into like submission oh yeah um which I could go on for days about the things that I, I'm going through this in therapy right now kind of deconstructing and taking apart things that um that I heard growing up that I considered normal mm-hmm. that aren't normal and aren't okay mm-hmm. trigger warning for yeah um essay incest religious trauma religious trauma in the next few minutes um because again we were very connected to the church the, the church was in every bit of our existence right and i remember like my grandma talking about like pretty much the nuns being sexually assaulted yeah and it just being like a normal conversation that was just like well it happens yep um, and I said that to my therapist the other day, and she was like, you do realize that that's, that's not okay. I'm like, yeah. no, I understand that it's not okay, but in that context, right. to me, it was just something that happened. Everybody knew it happened, and you just kind of went on, and I mean, it was just... They found, I think it's in Spain, but between a church friary mm-hmm. and the nunnery, there would be secret tunnels, yep. and underneath were dead babies. Mm-hmm. That were the product yep. of those relations. Yeah. And, like, that was okay. But mm-hmm. abortion isn't. Yeah. Like, go like, fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, I had aunts that were nuns. So I remember, like, having a lot of conversations about the convent. Yeah. And what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and how a lot of the girls around that time were, like, my aunts who were right off the boat from another country. Right had no prospect they could had no way of making money right they loved god and it was presented to them in a way that like you could have a purpose right um and then i think they just got sucked into things that they shouldn't they couldn't say no to because they had no money they had no ties to anybody yeah. um and they were doing it for jesus because these men were men of god um, that's so sad. And I think the way that it was presented and talked about around the kitchen table, like if, if you're like from a big family, especially a big Catholic family, everything revolves around food. Naturally. Everything revolves around food. Someone dies, you eat. Someone gets married, you eat. Like, it's Sunday, you're eating. Um, but there's a lot of like, you have dinner, you clean up, all the women are in the, in the kitchen playing cards and like yeah. talking shit. And you, as a little kid running around, you pick up yeah things and they don't they kind of forget that you're there um so i heard some horrendous shit and it was always presented as like well everything has good and bad things and like (laughs) that just reminds me of like miss congeniality when she realizes that um what's her face was sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. um and she was like but that's fine and she was like no it's not and tries to teach her self-defense and she's just blacked out drunk yeah Um, like i remember them talking about like because when we were kids i mean i think there was always that like understanding especially people who went to church that there were a lot of like sexual assault cases that were happening like whether it be nuns altar boys right just a lot was happening below the surface and even even that same way of covering it up that kind of extended to the home too Mm -hmm. because they didn't want anybody to know that things were happening um and in their religion twisted that into making it okay that 
fathers were getting drunk and beating up their wives and kids and older brothers were molesting their younger their younger siblings and but i can remember my aunts being like well if they would just let them get married they would this wouldn't happen and i'm thinking to myself this isn't just a sex thing rape and sexual assault yeah have never been about sex no it's always been about control right um and it's typically especially if it's like you know you think about the passed down trauma typically you're seeing a lot of at least with um oh what was that catholic, uh the movie about the catholic priest came out um spotlight mm-hmm. when it came out a lot of it was that these priests that were perpetrating it were altar boys who had it perpetrated upon them yeah so it's, it's the a generation abuse yeah um you know no kid doesn't no kid is just doing this and hadn't had an example before them and then they're trying to figure out how to deal with their abuse and Mm -hmm. is this normal and how do i get my power back so they then abuse someone younger than them and it's just it's and you don't go to therapy you don't go to therapy you just pray on it no 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 i um like there were people in my life for a period of time where their uncle um sexually assaulted them all mm -hmm. throughout their child and adolescence we're talking Mm -hmm. like five yeah and um, yeah and thankfully like the oldest um told her family when she was able Mm -hmm. um she was going away to college and like left a letter as she like left and then Mm -hmm. they discovered it as she was gone and um that person their family member went to to prison um good Yes, and they, like, fought for that. Because that rarely happens. No, and they fought for it, and, you know, I'm really happy for that justice. But, like, they discouraged and, and, you know, to some degree, like, forbade the daughters from going and getting therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm? How? Why? Yeah. Why? I can't tell you how different my childhood would have been if the women that were crying for help would have gotten the help that they needed totally um and not even counting the men needing help also Mm -hmm. but the women that were taking the brunt of taking care of the home and the children and there were there were the examples of grown women to us yeah um if they would have been able to get the help that they deserved and needed yeah um how different processing life as a woman would be yep um thousand percent and it all goes back to religion. Yes. It all goes back to religion. Yeah. Um, and, like, I've talked about before, like, being Irish Catholic is a whole other layer of, like, you can't separate your religion from your ancestry. Right. Um, because in Ireland, if you guys know anything about Irish culture, especially when my grandparents would have been growing up, if you were, there was, like, a war between being Protestant yeah. being catholic so you were very proud to be catholic or you're very proud to be protestant and right. you didn't mix with the two like there's a um i'll just tell one quick more story and then we can move on okay. um so there's like a point of pride in our family that my um my great grandparents got together it was like a romeo and juliet situation like oh. he was catholic she was protestant oh um the families hated each other they ran off and got married without her family's consent um she converted to catholicism which was like whoa you didn't do that 
um, her brothers came in the middle of the night and tried to, like, steal her from his house, like, from their house. Oh, my gosh. Because um, they thought that she had, like, lost it and that she needed rescued. <gasps> and my great-grandfather, who was, like, Irish, like, there was not a drop of anything else in him. Yeah. <laughs> well... Now we know that it, we were actually more Scottish than Irish, but, like, his family well, was from Ireland. Yeah. Like, he was very proud of where he came from. Yeah. And he was Irish Catholic. Um, and uh, he literally, and he was a big, burly guy. Sure. And he picked them up by the seat of their pants and threw them out of his house onto the street. And she never talked to her family. Oh, my God. Ever again. Um, and she converted her entire life to catholicism his family wow. and that's like a story that i have heard a thousand times growing yeah. up because that's and, and i know that it's still a thing in ireland but it's not as much modern day no. um but the older generation yeah of like irish americans hold on to that for dear life yeah like dear life like i can remember growing up on saint patty's day you weren't allowed to wear gold on the top half of your body. Why? I had to wear gold on the bottom half and green on the top. Why? Because it showed that um, Catholics were over Protestants in Ireland. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. My, gra- my great-grandfather, he lived with my mom growing up. Like, okay. The whole family. Because that's just what you do in families like that. Like, they get older and they just move in with their kids. Right. And on St. Patty's Day before they went to school, he would line them all up. And make sure that they didn't have any gold on the top half of their body. Because like jewelry? Mm-hmm. What? Yep. And that was a that was a rule growing up. Like on St. Patty's Day, That's you so weird. did not wear gold. On, I wouldn't even wear these on St. Patty's Day because my arms Natalie could come just showed up. her rings. By yeah, because my arms could come up on the top half of my body. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's excessive. Like. The stereo, like the um, superstitions. Yeah. That, oh, and I look back at them and I'm like, you do guys do realize that's witchcraft, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in families like that, like it's, it's a lot. So when you grow up hearing those stories and you mm-hmm. grow up with all that kind of stuff, and then you become an adult and you're like questioning things. Yeah. And you're looking at that religion and deconstructing it and kind of doing research from another perspective mm-hmm. you've also got that underlying guilt of like well i can't be proud of who i am and my ancestry mm-hmm. and not be proud of this religion like you can't separate the two and then it's like but you can you can and you should yeah so yeah, if that's what you want yeah so there's a there's a lot more uh deep dive dark history type of shit that goes along with that so i can't um, wait to unpack that i'm sure as i read more and i research i'm sure there's going to be more things oh. that i'm like you know what I wouldn't be <laughs> like, I oh would what's not... your cup i think she's fine okay it looked like it was gonna go tumbling it's it's like and the wall down well i don't really have an obsession this week i have a lot of vocal stims but like they're just tiktok sure. sounds, so whatever um speaking of tiktok stims yeah <laughs> have what? you heard the this the song again i'm on black tiktok i'm also yeah. on black twitter which i love i um, want to stay there I forever twitter but black twitter and scottish twitter 
I'm sure they're the great. The two best places to be. Sure. Um, but there's that sound that's like, my coochie pink, my booty hole brown. brown. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been in my head yeah. on a loop. Yeah. And, um, I have definitely said that. Yeah. Almost in front of my four-year-old. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I'm sure. But that your vocal point. stems. Um, well, I mean, they're around. But mm-hmm. uh, sure. I think I started the new job. Mm-hmm. And I am just so grateful to be in a space that is not a for-profit money-hungry organization that puts people what like, the whole because it's not really i know it's crazy you feel better not taking it's so weird the, it's so weird so yeah. my whole job i fired people all the time like i'm I, sure the part of hr that i was in was dealing with performance stuff and i just fired people all the time and mm-hmm. i didn't always agree with it but it was company yeah policy you know my job was to showcase if they had broken anything and whatever and then fire them if they had sure and like it just was soul crushing and to be part of an organization where everyone is really truly truly living the mission of the nonprofit work that we're doing Mm -hmm. which is essentially to uplift others to like really make change at like a you know local level Mm -hmm. all the way up through federal i'm so happy to be there so i've just been kind of like learning about it and happy so that's yeah been like whole last week sure so i don't have anything cool but that's been great that's and cool. then getting ready for our trip in a few days which i'm so excited I for cannot wait i'm so excited um i'm really hoping that the show isn't as short as people are saying it is though even if they're not we'll look fucking cute well yeah but like an hour like, that's not the point Hillary. an hour i know we'll find out we'll find out it'll it'll still be good I'm still happy to go, even if it's an hour-long show. Well, I mean, it's already paid for. Right. So it's free. And planned. Yeah. Girl math. Girl math. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready to go into our topic? Sure. It is. It's a lot of pages. Okay. So I wanted to... I, I was kind of waffling between, like, a bunch of different topics. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want one to be terribly heavy, because I feel like I typically pick really like heavy <laughs> Well, I just want something that's weird. Yeah. But isn't like necessarily the worst. At least you pick one, though. I had like five different topics last week. That's okay. Well, you had one main one and then we just, you know. Yeah. Absolutely spiraled at the end. Sure. Um, But I wanted to talk about questionable cultural norms in the Victorian era zeitgeist. Um, Big words for talking about Mm -hmm. how weird Victorians were. Yes. Um, Which is like the whole aesthetic of this fucking podcast. I just. As long as, as well as unhinged, just cultural shit. the victorian era just holds like such a special place for me because it's just so unhinged we're about to we're about to really talk about it yeah it's just so odd are you ready uh-huh okay so the first overarching thing that i want to talk about because there's mm-hmm. like a few major like sure examples is the desecration of a grave or corpse abuse mm-hmm. um and we can't start talking about this without first addressing Egyptomania. Okay. Egyptomania was the entire uh, drive of, of Victorian people going to Egypt mm-hmm. and being very interested in the Egyptian culture and then as white people just Stealing absolutely it. fucking destroying it. So mm-hmm. um, during this time, Europe was had a renewed interest in ancient Egypt due to um, Napoleon's entry into the country. Mm-hmm. Tourism in Egypt saw a boom in that period. And so a lot of rich 
um, visitors would go there and you wouldn't guess what they considered the most valuable, amazing uh, souvenir was. What was it? Oh, it was a mummy. I want to throw up. Mm -hmm. When returning from their travels, these rich people would almost immediately hold what was called an unwrapping party. No. Mm -hmm. They would get together at this rich person's home who just returned from Egypt and unwrap the mummy that they brought back with them in small unwrapping parties. Listen, the more the episodes that we do, the more I like really hate pe- white people. Yeah, me too. I just, the more I find out about us, the more I just feel like we need to be wiped out. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> just take me out now. You you can have it. I get it. I don't care. I, I, it's I, terrible. I, yeah. I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, sometimes these would be in public places, but often they were invitation only. Oh, exclusive. Um, mm-hmm, to discover what lie beneath the bandages of these mummies. In 1886, a mummy said to have been the very same pharaoh's daughter um, who had saved baby Moses was put on display in a candy store in Chicago. Because why else? H- how else would you be really interested in unwrapping your bonbons mm, I don't like if you it. didn't have a mummy in the storefront of Chicago in 1886? Like yeah. In 2007, a forensic scientist tested the contents of a jar found in 1867 era Paris pharmacy. The label identified the contents as Joan of Arc, and while seemingly unlikely, the test found something very unlikely. It was made of mummy in a pharmacy bottle that was distributed to people dating back between the 3rd and 7th century B.C., Okay, this is a completely random thought, but I have to throw this in here. Okay. Um, we were talking about celebrity and, like, mm-hmm. their fans and how it's gone a little bit too far. Sure. And you're talking about, like, I'm, I'm guessing, like, ashes that were mixed into something. Mummy. Like, mummified remains. Yeah, yeah. but, like, a powdered, probably, yes. version of it. Yeah. Um, did you see the thing where somebody threw their mom's ashes on on stage at Pink's concert? No. Yeah. That's not nice. They threw the remains, and she was like, oh, is this your mom? (laughs) (laughs) That's awful. Uh Uh-huh. Like, so my my dad died a couple months, or a couple months ago, a couple years ago, during, like, the height of covid and I have a necklace. Uh, it's like a vial of his ashes. Mm-hmm. And I wear it. I'll probably wear it in Philly to like concerts when we go do like big yeah. vacations just so he can come with us. It's like a symbol kind of thing because he yeah. like one of our last conversations, he told me about how he's never gone anywhere. He's never got to do anything because he was just afraid. That's really sweet. So when we like went around the world in Epcot, he got mm-hmm. to go around the world to all the different countries. And I took pictures yeah. like with his ashes in each country and it was a whole thing so like i get the sentimental like if she would have worn like jewelry with her mom's ashes yeah and like you know taking a picture with pink or like taking a picture like from the crowd with like but like that's a lot Uh uh-huh that's psychotic shit i want to address that there are certain cultures 
were consuming ashes, which, which let's be clear, they're not ashes. The the funeral director and me is coming out. They're cremated remains. Ashes are like embers. These are not embers. Well, yeah. Right. So, because I'm going to get neurotic with it. But that's what people are going to cry. And, and you yeah. can say ashes. Just know in my head, I'm like, cremated remains. Um, <laughs> correcting you in my head yeah um, and it's not a negative it's just sure. it's just you know yeah. years of drilled in education yeah um on a very specific subject so uh you know some cultures will consume cremated remains as a ceremonial thing sure. i have no comment to that that is a cultural thing mm-hmm. i don't care i don't know enough about it to comment on it right yeah but in this culture in america don't fucking do that like <laughs> You're covering someone else in cremated remains. Like, just someone's washing their hands. I don't know who it is. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I just and like my whole thing is like, okay, obviously this person is not mentally well. I don't mm. know if it's like a grief stricken kind yeah. of like psychosis kind of situation. Um, but what outcome did she think was going to come from that? Like, did she think Pink was going to be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I've always wanted to meet Betsy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like... it, but, but that just popped in my head. So No, you're good. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. According to the Journal of Art and Society, paint makers no. used ground up mummies as one of the ingredients in brown paint aptly named Mummy Brown. It was hugely popular throughout the Victorian era, even though some people thought turning mummies into paint was wrong, while others just got mad because it was poor quality paint. (laughs) Hey, white people. I hate it so much. (laughs) Yeah, that's just, that's just subtopic one of one. Like, Like, (laughs) I'm so mad that the quality of this mummy paint... Isn't up to my what the standard. What was wrong with this mummy? Couldn't give me good mummy brown. Yeah. Because this, this is the, the problem, you know, that my mummy paint, mm-hmm. not the fact that I've disrespected an entire culture of people. And desecrated their remains. Yeah. No. But the paint is shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's Egyptomania. Uh-huh. Um, something that is not unfamiliar to us, but might be unfamiliar to maybe a listener if they're not as obsessed with like Victorian history Mm -hmm. is, um, another desecration of a corpse that you could argue was the photos with recently deceased family members. I kind of love it though. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. But you have to admit that that is very much a Victorian zeitgeist. So it's not just a Victorian thing. No, but it, but I mean, it was started there because of the the photography boom. Potter's family, like my husband, mm-hmm. his family is from Hungary. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand of them. Like, I always compare my life to my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Because it's like that. Like, there's just, they come out of the woodwork. There's just people and babies and ants and just food and, like, it, it's loud. There's mm-hmm. just, I thought I came from a big family. I had no idea <laughs> until I married into this family. So, when his dad is a lot a lot older than his mom and we were having his 65th birthday okay it was a milestone birthday sure and we were doing a surprise birthday party for him That's um sweet. so he goes to bed at like six o'clock at night because <laughs> he's military and older yeah so we went over 
to the house to like go through pictures to make like poster boards and stuff of like Mm -hmm. through his life and we would be going through and it'd be like because he traveled around the world building um steel mills that was his job he was a bricklayer so there'd be like pictures of like all of these like foreign countries and all the friends that he made and that's so cool family photos and vacations and then there would just be like aunt Susie that died in 1985 and it would just be like the family like standing by the (laughs) casket like taking pictures with her and then I found out that there was video. Sure. That they would video the entire thing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> because they, they did that because I guess there was a lot of family members that couldn't travel. Yes. And that way they could see them one last time. Yeah. Um, death. We should do a deep dive in Hungarian, like, death sure. um, traditions. Because between the weddings and the funerals, mm-hmm. it is insane. Yeah. Like, so they have a parade. When dead? someone dies, yeah, it's like in um, New Orleans. Yeah, they go through the streets, especially like awesome. Homestead, because um, you know a lot of them when they settled here, mm-hmm. they settled down by like where the train tracks are in Homestead. Okay. That all used to be housing, but right. they tore it down. Right, that was mainly Hungarian and like oh, Polish immigrants because it was cheap housing. Yeah. They all had a ton of kids and they all grew up in that alleyway. So like all the kids played together. Right. They all grew up together. So a lot of their family isn't actually like blood related, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. grew up together. Um so they would take them the pallbearers would take the casket. Mm-hmm. And there would be like the whatever car in the front kind of leading the way and the whole yeah. family and they would play violin. Because violin is Amazing. a big thing in Hungarian culture. Because so they cool. they play them to the other like the next life, like into like <gasps> oh yeah, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. Um, and they walk past all of like the major parts of Homestead, like with where they lived, if oh, they work wow. somewhere, the church that they went to, just so they can see it all one last yeah. time. And it's a celebration of their life. I love that. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and then there's like. With Irish culture, this is a big thing, too, where, like, there used to not be funeral homes. I should, I could honestly just do a whole thing on this. There didn't used to be funeral homes in mm-hmm. those countries because they were poor, yeah. and that just wasn't a thing that happened. No. Um, so you would set the body up in your house. Mm-hmm. But the men in the family would stay up all night with the body because mm-hmm. there was like... superstitions mm-hmm. that the body could disappear. Yep. Um if no one was watching it. So they would stay up and drink with it all night. Yep. Um, and that's where Wake came mm-hmm. from. Um, but his dad would tell me stories about, like, you know, aunt so-and-so died when I was a kid, and, like, every guy in the family was in the dining room with the body, like, yep. drinking whiskey all night. and like. Well, and that, that really, I mean, that went through not just, you know, various countries but here in america as well oh yeah you know that's why in old um architecture your your front um the room at the front of the house the parlor Mm -hmm. had typically much bigger windows they were wider so you could slide a casket in and out that makes sense and you would just go through the the porch so in wheeling we have a lot of victorians but Mm -hmm. we also have a lot of the like houses that aren't considered Victorians by like historical standards, uh-huh. and like the because we have a whole like society that has to approve oh, anything cool. that you do to those houses and yeah. stuff. Um, so they're not technically Victorians, right? But they're Victorian influenced 
because they were like poor people houses yeah um so a lot of them have like the pocket doors mm-hmm. and like i didn't know until i moved up here that like having a front room yeah isn't standard no like that's not like a standard thing mm-hmm. every house that i've ever lived in growing had, up had a front room which is the original parlor yeah they but they all had the giant windows mm-hmm. in the front i never knew that that was because yeah. of caskets that that makes complete sense though and they always had like um most of them had fireplaces too which yes. makes sense as to like if you were hosting one in the winter right that you would light a fire and yeah sit there and so typically um you would have like the long well they're called like church um church trucks mm-hmm. in funeral homes um which is really just how you move the casket around sure. on this like on this wheel device but coffee tables used to be moved by the windows and they'd be placed by the windows because you still would need them cool oh yeah right okay um because they wouldn't be embalmed typically mm-hmm. if it was around that but era but then you could light the fireplace for the living right right so we could definitely deep dive into that oh yeah but the difference between victorian um death photography and like hungarian even in the 80s or mm-hmm. like any culture yeah. was that the goal was to make them appear alive and part of the family versus yeah. like Oh yeah, Aunt I kind of love them though. Like I adore them. Like I, but we have to be uh, real that this is like it's a vibe. not okay. It's a vibe. Yeah. Um, and you got. I mean, you got to think about it. Like the the ways that people died, like scarlet fever, measles, diphtheria, rubella. Like people were just fucking dying, and you finally have something where you can memorialize them, mm-hmm. especially babies, and you know having that ability to like cherish that Mm -hmm. i'm all for it but it's a vibe like it's just fucking oh for sure yeah for sure um so this is where the memento mori comes from natalie knows Mm -hmm. my obsession with memento mori i'm gonna do a line eventually please Mm -hmm. i have i have pieces in my home of memento mori that i've collected um they can range from a variety of things my special little niche um nuance that i love collecting is hair art Mm -hmm. um, or hair wreaths i have uh, a hair wreath from 1907 that i'm so possessive of i love her so much it actually has the girl's photo in it Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm just absolutely obsessed with her and i have another one between a man and a woman and lover's eyes are my like i love lovers yes they're my favorite i make lover's eyes for the shop i love those and i just i just think that they're so creepy but so beautiful i'm obsessed like I love I love stuff like that. Like I would any kind of like death jewelry tattoo so badly. That's Oh, is that what that mm-hmm. is? I it's didn't realize that, that was a lover's eye. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Natalie has her um she has some job stoppers on her on the top of her hands that I'm mm-hmm. obsessed. But um so I mean photography was a new technology, so you could combine this like processing of grief um with the technology, but typically these photos would be propped up. Um like children being held by their parents um you know it's pretty eerie but i love them and so does natalie um oh again it's another way that like like if somebody had a contagious disease yeah you couldn't come and like be near the body right so if that's a way that like say a grandparent if they made it that far or a sibling or something Mm -hmm. couldn't didn't see them while they were sick and dying at least they had something totally to see them you know what i mean it's just it's just like going and viewing a body yeah and you know they just mean? didn't have the ability if you really think times. about like going and viewing a body like viewing and stuff it's fucking weird 
Totally. But it's closure. Oh, I mean, the entire American culture and Western culture, truly, of funeral services, death denying. There is no acceptance of death. You mm. are dressing them up to not look dead. Yeah. You're preserving Which them I'm part of that to problem. not decay. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem. Nat- Natalie does hair and makeup. Um, for no, I just do hair. Home. Oh, just hair. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would love to do the makeup, but that's... Or they, they call it cosmetizing. Yeah. At the place I go to. Yeah, it's... Co- yeah. But, uh... Because the guy who owns it, I love them. It's a whole, it's a family-owned mm-hmm. funeral home. And um, there's been a couple times where, like, my schedule didn't work out. And I had to go in before they really, like, did anything to the body yeah. and do the hair first, which isn't traditional. Like, right. I'm usually the last person to touch the body before yeah. the service. Yeah. Um, and I'll be like, I'm sorry. Like, they're not cosmetized yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they're dead. It's, it's. Yeah, it's fine. I know they're that. either dead or they're dead with makeup on. But they're still yeah, dead. At the they're end of the still day. dead. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I do want to shout out because I just watched Hill House and Bly Manor recently. Mm-hmm. I I want to give absolute props um, to Michael Flanagan. His depiction of funeral service of mm-hmm. embalming was so spot on. I'm getting chills talking about it. Bernie also with Jack Black was very spot on with how they how did. did funeral service how do you feel about the way they portrayed the funeral home in hill house i thought it was beautiful yeah um i thought it was very, realistic about it's very like, realistic yeah. it's very modern um i've been to more modern funeral homes mm-hmm. um especially when i was like working in the industry still uh and it's it's very spot on even with the architecture i don't know how they did the up building but like having crash doors in and mm-hmm. out of the funeral home very big attention to detail yeah. i absolutely loved it um i wonder if they brought in someone who yeah owns like a funeral home or had worked in the industry to kind of like walk them through right because it, yeah. it even the seating area mm-hmm. um the exit doors were even like the office the area of like where so her office good. would have been yeah. like somebody who i i work in a funeral home but not like all the time mm-hmm. but just the the pockets yeah of like where like offices office spaces so that mm-hmm. like the families aren't seeing it all the time when they come in to see right. the like just like you said like the the little things of right. like how things would actually be set up in a real funeral home right. and i spent a lot of time in the prep room you know i i was with families you know as an assistant working on arrangements i couldn't do that part but a, what the arrangements it's just so awkward to me like um yeah i mean there were there were parts where it was i didn't even want to be there in the times that i've had to be there as a family member who had like i didn't want to be there then let alone i mean i also had likely met these families prior to them being in because i was the first responder to get the body sure um and if they were at home or they were there at the pickup you know Mm -hmm. at the nursing home or whatever i met them and i had to talk to them Mm -hmm. so they typically were a lot more put together and like they recognize me and that was always comforting to them because mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i'm the like, same person yeah. i'm here um but the prep room in that show was spot on the prep room was so good they i've used, been trying to get down so to that good. room every time i go you there, haven't been there at the place been. where you do hair Mm-mm. where do they do you do hair in the casket mm-hmm. in the oh. room where they're being so by the time i get there usually like sometimes they'll still have the plastic on their hands and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah but yes. like that's very normal um their pictures are already up. The tapestries are already in the room. Oh, wow. Like, I'm the last person. Um, I've been downstairs. Like, so, in the funeral home I work in, there's, like, 
three or four rooms upstairs that mm-hmm. can be viewing rooms. Viewing rooms the right. um the one that I normally work in is like the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they'll usually have them in there. I've worked on a few that like it's really sad when you go and they have like no pictures and they mm-hmm. have no family and it's just like bare bones. Yep. And they'll put them into one of the smaller rooms just so like yeah the work a lot of the times it's like the workers that help them and like the senior care yeah. homes will come see them. And it's just, like, a few people before they, like, take them. And I've had to work in those pockets before. Um, and then a few times when I've had to go early before they've been cosmetized and all of that, I've had to go down into their – there's, like, a little prep room on the side of the office. Yes. Where they'll bring them up mm-hmm. through, like, the elevator. Yeah. And then it's, like, the stop before going all the way upstairs. Yeah. But I've never been to, like, the room. Can you ask them? I want to, but I don't want to be weird. I just want to see it. I, you know, as someone <laughs> who used to do that full time, yeah, I would just say like, hey, I would like to process this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I, I, it feels like this un, like this taboo thing, and I'm yeah. a part of it, but I don't understand it. Yeah, are you comfortable at some point showing me? It doesn't even have to have a body. Can I just yeah. see the room? Um, it, it, it's really like Hill House. Like, yeah. it's different when you're in there because the smells are different. And I'm sure it's just very clinical and open very and clinical. cold. and Yeah, just... cold, gray, white, fluorescent lights, old fucking. Sterile. Sterile. Uh, lots of weird stains, but, like, Ooh, they're yeah. just never going to come out. Yeah. Um, but they did a great job. Um, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. For no. Oh, my gosh. It's what we live for, don't <laughs> we? It's um, what I live for. It's what I live for. Um, the last of the uh, desecration, we have to talk about body snatching. Yeah. Because grave robbing was huge mm-hmm. during this time. So at the start of the 1800s, the studies of anatomy, um, there were some Ill- legally allowed to have and dissect bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them uh, could only get like 55 people each year, which meant medical schools needed around 500 bodies mm-hmm. um, like per year at a minimum. So due to this high demand, body snatching became really prevalent um, and people made a quick buck by getting getting fresh bodies from graves. Yeah. The practice was so widespread that some relatives would watch over these burials of the recently deceased family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people turned blind eyes to it within the medical industry because they didn't, they needed it, mm-hmm. but they also couldn't really condone it. There's also another side to that mm-hmm. where there was a lot of serial killers that were mm-hmm. killing people and then bringing in the bodies for yeah. money um, so that they could hide the bodies and they would get lost kind of in the shuffle of things. Yes. Um, and a lot of people in the medical industry weren't going to turn them in because then they would get in trouble for all of the like all the things that they had turned a blind eye to. Yeah. So it was just like a hush hush kind of thing. So some of those bodies were coming there after being murdered. Yeah. By serial killers in the 1800s. Absolutely. Yeah. It was... It was wild times, man. Uh, it was a lot. Um, it was a lot. Um, the fresher <laughs> the body, the more the demand that there was. Because you could see it more in its natural state of recent decay, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, when did they start embalming bodies? So, modern embalming, Western embalming started 
um, during the Civil War, uh, which okay. we can dig into. I yeah, would love sure. to just focus on that at some point. Yeah, because I, I want to know the process. Because I don't really know the full... Okay. I know bits and pieces. You know what? Let's just do it. Because I'm, I'm fucking looking for it. I can talk to you about... Or do you want to have that be, like, an episode where we talk about, like, embalm... Because we could even do, like, a Western embalming, like, modern. And then, like, how historic they... Historic embalming? Historic. And how they prepare bodies in other parts of the world, too. I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Let's have that let's be... Let's in it. Yeah. And um, we'll definitely do disclaimers Because before. I know if you start, at, like, telling me this stuff, I'm going to get so excited and start asking <laughs> questions. And we're going to be here all day. It'll be dark outside by the time okay we we'll just we'll focus yeah. on on because i crap. love this shit like mm-hmm. especially growing up again like how where death was like a big part of life right. in a big family like ours but it was also like you didn't ask questions like that it just was what it was sure and you just accepted it for what it was and yeah. you moved on you didn't because you were weird if you asked questions right. like that so but okay yeah yeah next topic for me um but in today's episode, our, our next discussion with weird Victorian norms was um, some some stuff about their health. Okay. So interestingly enough, um, they still very much believed in the humors. So in the medieval in medieval Europe, the four humors were um, basically discussed as like where ailments came from so there was okay. black bile yellow bile phlegm and blood those were the oh four i thought humors. you i thought you were talking about like humor like they they, no. they still had like humor about it <laughs> like, no I was they like, did i'm sure they did had they? some pretty terrible jokes <laughs> um any illness was believed to be caused by an imbalance of these humors so the treatment would be using various remedies to balance the humors and that's okay. what they believed unhealthy i can understand from. why like if they didn't have the technology to really understand the human body yet yeah why that would make like why they would come to that conclusion oh for sure like yeah. they didn't they didn't yeah. have all the information i mean it makes sense for instance if you had a fever where you were like hot and wet mm-hmm. you needed something cold and dry to even you out this doesn't exactly hold up now but yeah. like that was the the thought back then sure it was also popular belief that skin could breathe which like to a point it can yeah but like not the way that they thought so they knew, of course, that most oxygen that you take in th- through your mouth, but they did think that a, a chunk of it was in your skin. Um, because of this, they didn't like to cover their body too much while sleeping for fear that they would suffocate. Which is where that, not quite. You know, and that's so weird, too, because, like, I remember my grandparents, like, my grandma, mm-hmm. my, both my grandmas being like, you need to let it breathe. Uh-huh. You need to let your skin breathe. Yep. Like, you have to sleep in natural, like, um... Like cottons yep. and things because you need to let your skin breathe. Right. So that's not like just stuck back then. Like that's definitely oh, no, like a definitely, thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But no. not not to the level that they're thinking it needs to quote unquote. Yeah, breathe. exactly. Um, the theory partly came about because an experiment took place where a horse was covered from head to toe, head to hoof in shellac, a resin used um in polish like nail polish and the horse within hours had died <laughs> what obviously suffocation <laughs> due to its skin being covered yeah not like any other issues being covered in fucking shellac yeah well Yikes. that's like um in body paint mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever messed around with body painting mm, no so again i grew up in a costume shop right um and body painting was something that, like, they didn't do all the time, but, mm. like, for theater sometimes. For the theater. For the, 
sometimes you had to be painted um especially like for like things like oz for like the tin man right things like that and they sold all of that stuff there there's a counter inside the shop that we're just gonna have to go one day I would love to. Because oh you need to see I'm invited. it. Yeah. <gasps> it's called Stages in Wheeling. Shout out. Oh, um, hello. There's a counter that is just all special effects. Oh it's God, got please. like mustaches and like ears that you can glue on and body paint. Love and that. just when I did makeup, I would go down there and grab all of my special <gasps> effects stuff. I love that. Um, But you have to leave at least a, um, a quarter size like... Yeah. Like, circle on someone's body with no paint. Okay. Because you can literally, like, suffocate them. <gasps> Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. You can't cover a person's entire body. That's why, like, the when they do, like, the Playboy Mansion, like, yeah. body paint. Yeah. Like, the girls will have it, like, on their back, like, where their <gasps> hair is covering it up. Because you can't cover a, a complete body. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Because there's no breathability because they're all silicone. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so it gets into your pores. You have to leave something because it can, like, poison you. Weird. Yeah. Okay. That's what that reminded me So they're me not of. wrong, but they're also, like, not really They're right. not. Yeah, they're not wrong, but, like, you're not going to suffocate from having, like. No. Not I like mean, that. I'm, I'm sure he didn't suffocate. I'm sure he died from having shellac <laughs> all over him. <laughs> Present. <laughs> So in reality, the the horse died from overheating because his body couldn't regulate its temperature, not because it couldn't breathe, but like you're, you're sealing in your body temperature. Um, they were just really like fucking around at this. Oh, time, they I were think. just going for it. They were grooving, babe. They were just. Yeah. Oh, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, canaries were used a lot to like test in, you know, health and stuff. Why? So a canary dying. I don't know. They're Victorian. <laughs> A Karen Harry dying during the night while in a cage beside someone's bed also led to the belief that the air we breathed out could kill us in our sleep. So this led that many would leave their windows wide open at night so the, to let the poisonous gases out. I mean, that's Which, not like, completely wrong. Yeah, carbon dioxide. Absolutely. Yeah. But, like, not like that. No. So they were so close, but they, like, overshot it by a mile. I just... So I have to tell another story. Okay. Short story. Okay. So my grandma had birds growing up. And I think that's one of the reasons why I hate birds. Yeah. She had these, like, two little, like, what are they, finches? Yeah, those are little birds. Yeah, she had, like, little yellow ones. Okay. And she, you would have loved this birdcage. She had, like, a Victorian, like, one of the I real tall the ones. Cage. Yes. And it was, like, real heavy metal. Love it. And it had, like, the big, like, like iron chain. Maiden. Yeah. Just kidding. It had, like, the big chain that had to go over the hoop in the, in the yeah, yeah. ceiling. And then it was anchored oh my God, on the cool. wall. Like, yeah. it was, you would have loved some of the shit that she had. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the stuff that she collected and had, had from her parents' Ugh. houses and stuff, like, crazy. Um, crazy. That was a crispy si- you had there. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Um, so we're sitting at her dining room table, and this is, you know, the 90s, so she's still smoking. And she's smoking while we're eating. Like, eating breakfast. Because that's what you did in the sure. 90s. Yep. And uh, she's sitting there reading the newspaper, drinking her coffee, smoking her cigarette. Yeah. My cousin and I are on either side of the this giant dining room table that she had. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you hear a bump, and one of the birds just like dropped over dead. And uh-huh. she like put her newspaper down just enough to be able to say, well, and just like. <laughs> <sighs> I will never forget. Then we were just like, "Do we just act like everything's fine?" Yeah, your bird fucking died. Did we just like go back? To- and then there was another one in there. 
remove the dead body from? No, Not yet. I'm, I'm gonna finish I'm my, in the cigarette. Of my cigarette. Yeah. I need to finish my Marlboro before I. Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's, they're not, com- that's the thing. They're not completely wrong, but they're just going about it in a very extreme wrong way. <laughs> right. Because, like, technically, yeah, like, you sh- probably shouldn't sleep, like, under the covers in a cocoon and, like, constantly breathe back in. No. But, but like. not, not like that. No. But, like, a regular bedroom has enough space that that's going out into the. Right. Now, if you're sleeping in a room that is, like, mm-hmm. a closet, maybe you get a little dizzy. Yeah. Maybe. Breathing in your own air. Yeah. So now we're going to get into toxic chemicals yes. that were in just stuff. Mm-hmm. So arsenic. Mm-hmm. Arsenic was used um, for a long, long time in a range of cosmetic products. Mm-hmm. It was also used and found in wallpapers, dresses, toys, and medicine. It was generally due to the fact that arsenic was very cheap at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the most common elements in the Earth's crust. So the increased amount of mining um, taking place made it accessible and available to use. Wasn't that one used in one of like the earliest like douches too? Oh, I'm I wouldn't doubt it. I think it was. I think there was a wash um, your asshole with arsenic. Yeah, there was Love like that. a like an old Victorian like bottle. Well, interesting, arsenic bleaches. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it does a lot more than that, but... But, like, it's interesting that we're bleaching assholes now, and they were, like, in Victorian era, just, like, yeah. douching with some bleach. Um, <laughs> they walked so we could run. Um, but here's the thing. The Victorians knew that it was a poison. Sure. Um, and they knew it was a poison for murder, specifically. So they knew murder. people could be murdered with arsenic, but they still had it sure. in shit. Um Luckily, though, in 1851, the Arsenic Act was passed, which regulated the sale of arsenic and products containing it. It wasn't an outright ban, but it did minimize the risk. So you couldn't ban it, but it did minimize it. Yikes. Um, women in the Victorian era would uh, nibble on chalk wafers laced with arsenic to keep themselves looking fresh. <laughs> I can't. While highly toxic and addictive, it did at least turn the consumer's skin a lovely shade of white. So it was skin bleaching. Mm-hmm. Just have an arsenic wafer. It's crazy to me how, like, there's trends in bodies and body shapes and mm-hmm. the way that your skin looks. Like, things that you can't change, really, unless you're doing extreme measures to change them. Yeah. But there's trends of what's popular and what's not. Like, I'm as pale as a ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going through this whole journey of like accepting that, yeah, and embracing it. And you're beautiful, thanks. Um, but it's not the cultural norm, no, because we're not supposed to look pasty white. We're supposed to be tan, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to be a dark skinned brown person, no. So it's like it's just like this odd thing, and then you hear about like Victorian era, and they wanted to be as pale as possible, pale as possible. It's just so odd. Yeah. The ebbs and flows of, like... It sucks. Yeah. <coughs> um, the next toxic chemical is ammonia. So, in Harper's Bazaar, they ran a column called The Ugly Girl Papers, or Hints for the Toilet. <laughs> what? Not kidding. Um, it offered practical beauty advice. 
<coughs> Sorry, I'm going to try that again. It offered practical beauty advice, but today we recognize it more as being really insanely dangerous. Um, to your point, white skin was all the rage, and women achieved that by washing their faces with ammonia, then covering them with lead-based paint. And you didn't <laughs> you could get away with going barefaced at night either because in order to keep that fresh face look, the column suggested rubbing in some opium right before bed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just all the things. So my grandma would clean her house with ammonia. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember walking into That's the house. A specific smell. Yeah, so my grandma was a nurse for years and oh, years. Oh, yeah. And so we had, like, the tubs everywhere. Like, the plastic mm-hmm. tubs. We use them for everything. Yep. Um, and she would just have, like, these, like, tubs of, like, soapy ammonia water. Uh-huh. And everything got wiped down with it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Get it, baby. Everything in the yep. house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but good news for those recently, like, committed in a sanitarium. Mm-hmm. Um, Sears and Roebuck sold a product called Dr. Campbell's Safe Ammonia Complexion Wafers. Um, so arsenic wafers. <laughs> Sign me. Right. That was supposed to be about the ammonia, but that's okay. Um, next one, which is my personal favorite, mm-hmm. Belladonna. Yes. Um, if you were unlucky enough to have thin eyebrows and lashes, a nightly smear of mercury could help with that. And speaking of eyes, all the range, uh, you could do lemon juice, perfume, or Belladonna as eye drops. Um, Belladonna did cause blindness, but you had the prettiest <laughs> eyes ever. They would it, uh, enlarge your pupils, so you got this really beautiful doe-eyed look, um, mm-hmm. but then you'd go blind. Oh. So. Okay. But beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I yeah. like that one. I didn't even write that down. <clears throat> it's almost like the, um, like the Korean beauty standards, mm. like where the girls like alter their faces every day. Mm-hmm to look a certain way and they put like those like crazy like big contacts, contacts in yeah. to make their eyes look huge yeah yeah Yikes. except this is poison well yeah but I mean, it's the same kind of like yeah. yes let totally. me alter like you know they have to be uncomfortable they have these I giant contacts they have these things up their nose they have this tape around their like their necks yeah like they're bleaching their skin yeah like you've got to be uncomfortable I would imagine all of yeah. those modifications would. I can't imagine somebody being like, well, you could go blind from this, but at least the men will like you. Well, but like. at the same time, yes, they're doing it day in, day out. But, like, how much does the American woman trying to meet our body standards get a BBL? Get a t- Oh, t- yeah. T- I like, mean, I can't tell you how much research I've done in the last week on, like, double chin procedures. Oh. Because I... Yeah. Oh. Because I, like, am convinced... That I need to get, like, Hybella or... Oh, is that like, the injection thing? Mm-hmm. But you're, like, you look like a toad for, like, two weeks because it, like... Inflames. It inflames because you're not supposed to have that in your body. Right. And then it dissolves the fat. Right. But you have to deal with this, like, goiter... Right. ...of a neck. Right. And then it's like, well, you need to get liposuction. Do you know how much one injection of that is? It's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you need at least like four or five. And it might not even work. Right. It might work for some people, and yeah. it might not work for other so people. So the rule is, is in two hundred years when people are listening to this podcast, they're yeah. gonna go, they're nuts. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, too, like when you look into it, like if you get any like fat dissolving treatments, like a Kybella or a liposuction. Yeah. 
But if your skin is too loose and that's why you have a double chin, then you have to get more procedures because yeah. you've now taken all the fat out that was filling it out. Right. And then you just have a hanging. Yeah. And then like, you have a turkey neck. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I've had it. I'm yeah. nothing. I'm just going to age. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not interested at this time. I think, you know, once the, the definite kid phase has passed, like, if I sure. know that I'm not having any kids, having, like, you know, one of those, like, uh, what are they called? They're, like, um... Like the tummy lifts. Well, there's, like, a mommy, mm-hmm. whatever. That's mommy what I want to eventually get done, is, like, the tummy right, lifts. because it's, it's uncomfortable. Right, because it's all-in-one. You get rid of the excess yeah. skin. Like, it all kind of just gets rerouted a little bit. Yeah. I'm more into that. Yes, it's invasive. It's also not, like, a full reworking. It's more, like... Hey, can you just help? Because I had a kid and now I have all this extra, not skin just fat, and stuff. but skin yeah. just like around. Um, I think, you know, if that makes you feel better and you want to do that, great. But at the same time, like, I can tell you confidently, double chin or not, you're stunning all the Thanks. time. So you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where, like, I'm the kind of person that if I got that done, I'd be like, well, what about this? Correct. And what about Which this? Which is where I would be. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've looked into getting my lips done before. Yeah. And I'm like. I mean, in this Kardashian era, who hasn't? Well, I don't even want like big like lips because I hate like when you can tell someone has filler. Oh, I don't like the flip lip. The flip lip? Yeah. Or like when they start to like migrate and they have like the the like almost like it looks like. um, And I mean this with all the love in the world. The people that have like the cleft palate. Yes. When their their stuff starts migrating and it looks like they have a, a cleft palate. Yeah. Um, or when they turn to the side and they have their, um, their border has like blown out. Right. Um, I've always wanted just a little bit right here on my Cupid's bow. Uh Uh-huh. Just because like when I smile, I feel like I lose. Yeah. Some of my fullness in my upper lip. Yeah. Um, I looked into having, there's like a, you can put Botox. Uh Uh-huh. I know that procedure. Because it like, it just relaxes your. Nope. Right. So So just fucking leave it alone. That's what, I'll just overline my lips when I wear makeup, and then you're I'm just gonna have to have thin lips when I don't have makeup on. Like it yeah. is what it is. That's that's where I'm at. I mean, you could also get like tattooed blushing. I don't want to do that though. Okay, but that, that's, that's our what options. I mean. That's what I mean. Like I look into this stuff, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I do the same thing. I'm like, okay. So if I get Kybella, it's like at the minimum like a four five thousand dollar procedure. Yeah. Or like the girls on TikTok, they're like, I got it for five hundred. You're like, where did you go? And she's like, where? They're like, Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, I'm like, okay, so I could take $4,000 and get rid of my double chin that, like, that's not going to make me a better human. Nope. And really, at the end of the day, it's probably not going to help my mom- my body dysmorphia because now once that's gone, Ooh. I'm going to start looking at other bits and pieces of my body. Yep. And wanting to get those worked on. Or I could take that four grand and, like, go on a vacation. Yeah. Or, like, save it. Or, like, there's a million other things I could do with that money that would bring something to my life. Yep. And that's how I have to, like, talk myself off the ledge, essentially, and just be like, yep. you don't need that. You just need to, like, get comfortable looking at your face in your 30s and realize that you're not going to look like you did when you were 18. Yeah. And that's just the way that the human body works. Yeah, I looked at myself naked or, you know, not with clothes on, but with, like, underwear and a bra. Sure longer today than i have in a very long time Mm -hmm. and like was it 
the body of an 18 year old that I didn't even like when I was 18. Yeah. No. No. But was I really grateful for it? And I like took a second to go like, all right. Yeah. That's cool. This is where we're at. Yeah. And you don't have to be completely like, like jumping for joy on where you are Mm -mm. currently, but it still deserves respect. Absolutely. And it still deserves to be loved and thanked for all the things that it does every day. Yeah. Um, and just know that you can improve it. Yeah. And if you can't improve it and that's just the place that you are in life, then you need to learn how to respect it. Be- you know what I mean? Beyond yeah. just being like an aesthetically pleasing thing. Right. To look at. Because eventually all of us are going to be old and wrinkly if, yeah. we, if we're lucky enough to make it there. Some people don't get to make it that far. Totally. So, like, I've been watching a lot of, like, TikToks of photographers that take, um... Like, these really beautiful pictures of, like, elderly people in, like, New mm-hmm. York and stuff. Yeah. And they're just so beautiful. Like, they're yes. little, like, wrinkles. And they're... And you just look at, like, especially, like, around their, like, bowels and stuff. And you're like, those people smiled. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. They have crow's feet because they smiled. They have sunspots because they were out in the sun, like... Yeah. Playing with their kids or, like... You know what I mean? Like, they I've have... I've seeing sunspots on my hands. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I guess I should get a sunscreen with, like, a hand cream with sunscreen Do you get it. your nails, like, when you get your nails done, mm-hmm. do you go in the the light? Yeah. You should start putting sunscreen on your hands. I will. Yeah. I will. Because that, um, that can damage the skin on your hands. Yeah. I just saw those TikToks come mm-hmm. through. I need to put sunscreen I always told people to do that, like, when I was doing hair and makeup. I will. Um, Thank you, Mama Nat. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's that much exposure, but no, it's a but really... It's high intensity. It's a lot of concentrated... Yeah. Like, UV. Yeah. Like, really close to your skin. Right. And your hands, I feel like... It's much thinner. It's much thinner. And, like, if you do care about aesthetics as you get older, I feel like your neck and your hands are dead giveaways if yeah. you don't take care of your skin. That's true. Because, like, if your hands look old... You're out. You're out. You're, You're done. Take her on back and shoot her. She's got old hands. Not the like small, oldest of hands. <laughs> not like small hands. Oh. She's got old hands. Old hands. <laughs> She's got them old hands. All right. Next on health is mental <laughs> illness, Amy. Mm, um, my according, favorite. <laughs> according to the Cornwall's uh, Bottom Hospital. Okay. Um, the population of English England's insane asylum skyrocketed through the 19th century. Apparent, uh, apparently, most of the patients fell under the three la- under three specific labels: manic, melancholic, or dementia. The symptoms of those diagnosed with the big three varied, and they weren't the only messed up reasons you could be committed. Nor was England the only place where people went a little crazy. In West Virginia's Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylums records. The most common causes for mental illness um, between 1864 and 1889 uh-huh. reads like a college student's to-do list or a really good Friday night. <laughs> On their list of offenses were laziness, novel reading, superstition, an immoral life, and intemperance, along with every kind of self-pleasure you could imagine. Women obviously weren't left out. Obviously not. Obviously. Um, and there were things that included imaginary female trouble, hysteria, Rumor of husband murder or fits fits and desertion of husband were all reasons why people were committed. I will go down a rabbit hole with female hysteria. I won't do it here because mm-hmm. that deserves its own episode. Um, 
<laughs> but like just rub one out okay and don't tell people about it um yeah. hysterectomies were performed as treatment for mental illness as well um they thought that it could get rid of the patient's madness by removing their reproductive I mean... organs which like if you had hormone imbalances it could pmdd my friends right but also like i'm sure that was overdiagnosed i'm sure it was not PMDD, but like um hysterectomies i'm sure it was overdiagnosed and they didn't really understand like the um the side effects of that like going into like early menopause and how what that did to your body and your in your mental and this also was not a state where surgeries were sanitary at all so i'm sure a lot of them didn't even make it through it no no so it was just and i'm sure that they were like well that's god's way of telling us that yeah you know um yeah pass hard pass. the superintendent of the london asylum named burke um the london asylum for the scene from 1877 to 1902 according to their histories he performed more than 200 surgeries on women in hopes of knocking loose whatever was driving them batty that included 16 hysterectomies and 22 operations undertaken to remove the uterus back to move their uterus excuse me back to its rightful position because maybe it had wandered off we're not yeah i'm not making that up in 1898 he gave a speech to the american medico psychological association detailing some of his cases like the women identified um above she uh this one patient had violent tendencies um and seizures and was diagnosed with quote intense irritation of both ovaries and quote and after they were removed she was quote quite well end quote oh. um i'm also not getting into lobotomies because there's a very big racial issue with mm-hmm. lobotomies and i think that that should also maybe be covered under hysteria in like a part two yeah um like the white girl that has yes. the lobotomy tools tattooed yes. on her arm yes i'm not i i want that to have its own space <laughs> so i didn't put lobotomies in this conversation because it was going to be its own episode she just has no and people have called her out for it yeah and I she's mean, what like what tattoo what like you have it now well i mean you can get it covered up that's true or you could at least acknowledge the fact that like yeah you learn something new after the fact right and you're like you know acknowledging that like maybe you didn't have all of the information right not like what yeah well people suck yeah last on our medical list is uh could could it be tied with the first section Mm -hmm. um corpse medicine corpse medicine is exactly what it sounds like and for hundreds of years people believe that consuming certain parts of the human body was a miracle cure for whatever ailed them a popular prescription or cure-all was the human skull and when mixed with chocolate it was believed to treat apoplexy which is an inability uh or speechlessness caused by extreme anger if you were apoplectic so you would consume a human skull covered in chocolate i mean so talking about like the beauty standards and things like that mm-hmm. um and there's a big racial side of this too because it, a lot of the victims to make these things mm-hmm. were um like slaves yep uh but a lot of rich white women would keep containers of like blood yeah on their vanities yep. and they would put it on their skin it had to be like, young women yep that they got it from and they would like put it all over their faces uh-huh. and they would bathe in it yes um, because they believe that it held like 
some kind of something that would transfer to them. Yep. Um, Virility. But it, yeah, but it was usually when they killed a slave, uh-huh. they would take the blood. Yeah. It's Again, just, it needs to have its own full episode of racism and like ancient yeah. medicine, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the height of corpse medicine was um, before the Victorian era in the 16th and 17th century, but Smithsonian Magazine says that it persisted well into Victorian era. Medical texts identify um, and specify which morsels were good for such ailments, and there were recipe books that explained how to prepare the pieces as well. One text from 1847 prescribes a bit of skull, specifically the skull of a young woman, mixed with uh, treacle as a treatment for epilepsy. It didn't work. There are also beliefs that something called a thieves candle could cause uh, could cause paralysis if you were into that sort of thing. They were made of human fat. Oh. And there are records of these being made into the 1880s. Executioners were often linked with corpse medicine, and it wasn't uncommon for them to do double duty as the bringer of death and the healer of the poor, selling pints of warm blood from various clients. Um, so that's great. Mm-hmm. There was also a phenomenon, which I'm not going to cover in detail, where um, you there was a belief where you could touch an executed person's hands and you were supposed to have like medicinal property properties wow with touching their hands of the recently deceased yikes yeah it was gross mm-hmm. um last category is family norms so child emigration there was a plight of orphan children uh, the plight of orphan children were very real and according to writer and historian sarah wise um she estimates the, and suggests that around 30,000 children were living in London streets in 1869. That sounds about right. Wealthy philanthropists took up the cause, including Miss Annie McPherson. McPherson set up some schools to teach children useful skills, but the problem soon became overwhelming. So she changed gears and became a champion for of the disgusting practice of emigration, where kids were pulled off the streets and out of workhouses to be shipped overseas to British colonies. Many ended up laboring on farms for help and as domestic servants um, and just became unaccounted for. She forcibly sent 12,000 children herself to Canada. And they, like, were not tracked down. So she went from helping them to just being like, you know what? Not my problem anymore. Goodbye. Right. The Maritime Archives and Library of the National Museum's Liverpool says children were also sent to Australia and New Zealand. And between 1870 and 1914, 80,000 children were sent just to Canada alone. The practice was hugely controversial, even at the time, as the agencies rarely followed up on the children they placed overseas and investigations showed that contrary to the lofty goals of emigration groups had their lives rarely actually got better which big fucking surprise canada is such like a hotbed for just glossed over horrible things happening especially to children uh-huh and the indigenous the, but it's what i mean like yeah it's like people were either shipped First there Nations canada i should say yeah, yeah. Or people were lost there and just never mm-hmm. looked for or talked about. Mm-hmm. It's just so odd. 
It's yeah. just so, and it's just like the, the all these people went missing and no one talked about it. Nope. Like they just left. Like they were just gone. Yep. Well, divorce wasn't a thing. Because mm, how dare you? So men just sold unwanted wives. Oh, okay. Divorce wasn't allowed in England until the Matrimonial Cause Act in 1857. But people have been having uh, marital difficulties for as long as, like, well, like yeah. I mean, um, since you couldn't sign some papers and just separate from each other, people needed to find another way. Uh, as a result, wife selling became a completely legitimate way to get out of a marriage, and it continued well through the 19th century, um, particularly in rural Britain. According to research done by Lauren Paget from Leeds Trinity University, Wife sales could happen in public or in private, but the public sales were quite the spectacle. The husband typically put some kind of lead rope on his unwanted wife, took her to the public square, and asked for offers. Kind of like eBay, but a a person. And they just bid on your wife. Records suggest that the wife had veto power over the sale and sometimes... um, it was listened to, um, but typically it was for cash. So one wife sold um, in Selby, England in 1862 for a pint of beer. While others might have gone for some decent amount of cash. So it could be as little as like a, a pint. Yikes. Right. Yeah. So why do men? Why do Gross. men, men, you know? Um, perfection. <laughs> Food additives mm-hmm. is the next little little jaunt. Um, the Royal Society of Chemistry says that food safety and industry regulation um, really got its start in the Victorian area thanks to the tendency to use like deadly additives. We talked about some earlier, but like chalk and al- alum, <laughs> like aluminum, mm-hmm, were added in dough to make bread whiter. Uh, and it wasn't unheard of um, to have things like pipe clay, plaster of Paris, or sawdust added to the mix as well. What is the obsession with things being white? Is it a purity thing? Sure. I have no fucking clue. Because I'm just trying, like, between people and things having to be white Yeah. in the Victorian era. Right. I'm just wondering if that, because there's a lot of, you find that a lot in racism, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to like Christian faith being wielded as a control mm-hmm. and a way to like justify hating a group of people mm-hmm. that dark is bad and light is pure. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that was like a purity thing. Possibly. Possibly. Like they didn't this really dive deep into the like psychological reasons for it. Yeah. But I'm just but wondering if that was like an overarching I wouldn't be surprised. Like, societal thing. Yeah. That things needed to be white and pure and light. Sure. And I, would gu- I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was a very dark time. Totally. And those people that were, quote unquote, pure. Yeah. Were the ones that were doing these heinous, disgusting things. Yeah. But, I mean, white people. Yeah. Brewers sometimes mixed um, and added in strychnine to their beer so they could that? cut back on hops. Uh, poison oh okay and lead was um there as well strychnine is is a poison that you use to kill like rats i love the part of tiktok right now that is like making fun of boomers Mm -hmm. 
and the lead poisoning. Yeah, the totally. the lead poison stare. Yeah. When they say something like yeah. completely ho- horrendous, and they're like when they get yelled at or like yeah, they get backlash from it, and they just like stare like they can't understand why they're getting in trouble for it, uh-huh. and they're calling it the lead poison stare. I love it, and, yeah. I, love it, and I think it's true. <laughs> uh, professor Professor Anthony S. Wool of Vassar College says that red lead was used to color Gloucester cheese, um, as well as added to cider, mustard wine sugars and candies copper sulfates were used in preserving fruits jams wine and mercury was used in candies so we can talk about ice cream too um (laughs) the university of dr bruce rawson um from the university of tasmania um says that ice cream got popular in the 1880s the stuff you get from the street sometimes wasn't made with milk uh just a water and chalk mixture um so gross happy ice cream um this is the last one that i will talk about today and i have it last just for you natalie oh god some wealthy victorians kept people in their gardens as living garden gnomes (laughs) natalie i know that there's a gnomes i hate them. hates them if there are so many times where i have to triple double check sending you anything yeah because it might have a gnome in it and i don't want to be that person because yeah. i'll never send it to you on purpose here's the thing <laughs> she hates i do hate them <laughs> i don't hate the cute little like cottage core like cartoon gnomes you'll see like the little like sketches that people do like mm-hmm. that like characters Mm-hmm. But like actual gnomes that are like in people's yards, I'm like, who hurt you? Why? There's a there's a house down the street that has ones for each holiday, <laughs> and they have zombie ones, mm-hmm. and they're horrifying. And then there's a lady, like a couple streets away. I don't think she lives there. I don't think she's living anymore. But oh. she she did live down the street, and she was I think mentally ill. Um, she had a collection of wooden, like, <coughs> like the stands of like hand painted characters uh-huh. that you could tell someone like painted and then like cut out with like a sawzall. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had them all over her yard. Like mm-hmm. it looked like an army of just random cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. And then she had gnomes mm-hmm. that were the seven dwarves mm-hmm. from um snow white but mm-hmm. then she had a snow white that was very badly drawn sure next it to it yeah um and they were huge oh naturally like Could no have a small one and i like every time i drove past i'm like mm-hmm. i just want to stop and knock on her door and be like what happened to you uh-huh. who hurt you that you thought this uh-huh. was a good investment can everybody listening now understand why I made sure that this was the last <laughs> thing I had? I ate them. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> Garden gnomes were, are, you know, weird. Um, but imagine having people collect people. Are they living or yeah, dead yeah, yeah. people? No, no, no. No, they just took little people and made them be living <gasps> garden gnomes. Oh, wait, they were their... little people. Yeah. Yeah. If you live during the Victorian times and were affluent enough and a little bit crazy... You might have an old man as like a sort of pet 
These hermits were often forbidden from grooming themselves and would live in the nooks and crannies Stop. of wealthy Victorian gardens. In some cases, they weren't even allowed to this see. This isn't helping gnomes cases. <laughs> this is making it worse. No, none of this is to help anybody's case. <clears throat> Aside from addressing how terrible white people are. Could you imagine just like a little old, like, I don't know, hermit, lonely little person you just yank off the street, put in like filthy clothes and a pointed hat and go, you live out here now. Don't talk to me. Like, are you fucking kidding? I'll, they, I'll give you bread. Did they at least have like somewhere English to sleep? Garden. No. Some cases, no. They just, you know, we're in the radishes. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Well, that was my uh, deep dive in really questionable cultural norms in the Victorian era. Didn't you love it? I loved it up until the gnomes. <laughs> I'm so glad that I found that. I felt that was so weird. I've also never heard that before. That's like, so what the fuck is that? Strange. Like throughout history. The the amount of things that have been normalized mm-hmm. between, like, you know, the really serious shit of, like, selling people. Right. And seeing people as objects. But then, like, I'm just going to take this human person mm-hmm. with thoughts, feelings, emotions, a life, sometimes a family, and I'm just going to pluck them from that for my own entertainment. Mm-hmm. That has just been normalized. Like, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I have pretty lofty goals in life, mm-hmm. but I never want to be so rich that I don't consider other people's feelings. Yeah. Like, that is one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Is becoming so out of touch that I hurt people, and then I'm like, what? Like. <laughs> it makes me think of. The whole thing happening right now with Oprah and The Rock asking for $10 million when combined they have a billion dollars. And I've had this conversation with, like, Joe. I was like, well, what what is your recommendation that they just give the money? I'm like, yeah, because it wouldn't affect them. But there's people who can't afford food, who can't afford a mortgage, who can't afford rent, who are living in their cars. And, like, two billionaires are asking for $10 million, a drop in the bucket. Like, you, we couldn't... Are you kidding? Like, not only that, but allegedly, allegedly, she hired her own private firefighters to protect her fucking land. She can't even loan the land for people to, like, camp on. Mm -hmm. Instead, she has private security making sure no one gets the fuck in. Like, eat the goddamn rich. Get a fucking knife and a fork and just start chowing. I'm so done. If it would have been done this way, I wouldn't be mad. If The Rock... And Oprah would have come together and donated that $10 million. Yeah. But then said, okay, we're donating this, mm-hmm. but here's a link if you would like to help. Right. Or here are resources for ways that you can help. But that's we're raising still, an awareness. That's still donating $10 million. Like, you pay the $10 fucking million. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. they would have donated the $10 right. million themselves right. and then brought awareness to it and right. were like, here are links 
and resources. I also don't trust that help. they started a foundation that wasn't no. originally with the Maui people. No, like I don't know what you're doing with that fucking money. Mm-hmm. The the what was it? The mayor, the governor mm-hmm. wanted to take all of that land and turn it into like a national park. Mm-hmm. There are now, and I don't know the validity of it. I'm just seeing it on TikTok, so it I don't know. But there are people reporting. That they're being evicted from their apartments mm-hmm. now when they have had homes and it wasn't affected by the fires. And now they don't even have a home. Yep. Like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm so... And The Rock should be fucking ashamed. I, I'm calling He's you Samoan. out, Dwayne. Yeah. Your whole family... Not whole, but, like, part Most of, of your family. family is from the, the Pacific Islanders, specifically mm-hmm. also Hawaii from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know Maui. I don't know which island... But, like, how fucking dare you? I hope yeah. your family is lighting you up. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Especially his mom. I wonder what Jason Momoa thinks. I hope Jason Momoa is losing his goddamn mind and doing something quietly instead of just being yeah. in a pit at a Metallica so, concert. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not getting his ass beat because he's Jason Momoa. In wrestling, the Samoans mm-hmm. are, like, royalty. Yeah. Right? So, and that, a lot of the Samoans are related. They yeah. are famous in wrestling. Like, The Rock, um, what's his name that wrestles now? He's huge. Like, a huge, like, I was trying to remember his name last episode, too. Uh, Roman Reigns. Okay. He, um, gorgeous head of hair. I wish I could have his hair. If I could take it off his head and put it on mine, I would. Yeah. Um, beautiful man. They usually are. They're cousins. Oh, cool. The two guys that wrestle with him that are in part of his, like, stable. Yeah. That are his cousins are also The Rock's cousins. Their dad was a famous Samoan wrestler right. in the 80s. Right, right, Like, right. they're all connected. Yeah. Um, but they all came from very, very humble right. beginnings. Um, so to see The Rock go from that start in life, even mm-hmm. though even though his his like i think it was his uncle that got was a wrestler his dad was a wrestler too i think yeah but he was a wrestler but his dad's not samoan his mom is his dad's black i believe um but anyway even in those times they were still not billionaires they were wealthy but they weren't like yeah rolling in money yeah rock grew up in for a part period of time in an apartment in la like that's what i mean Like, like they were they were okay yeah but like wrestlers back then weren't getting movie deals and selling merchandise no, not and in the 80s. no they were getting paid to wrestle and then that was it yeah <laughs> like they might get a commercial or something later on when they like retired right years down the line but he's making quadruple what they could have even dreamed of making right so for him to make make it that successfully after his family clawed their way up through mm-hmm. the ranks of this industry and then for something awful to happen, even if it's not the island that his family's from, but it's still the same oh, culture. Totally. It doesn't matter. But for something like that to happen to people, to the, the people, people that are in his culture. Yeah. And then to act that way. And to pair with someone who's that questionable in this whole fucking thing. Like, I used to love Oprah. Uh, Oprah used same. to be, like, same through college and then and beyond. Yeah. Oprah was, like. Easy puzzle here. 
through college and beyond. Yeah. It's fine. We're like, Oprah was like, I wanted to be Oprah. Not so much the money, but like just overcoming yeah. childhood trauma and becoming a strong woman. Yes. And being able to speak the way that she spoke. And yeah. You know, when Oprah walks in a room, you know that she's there. Yeah. Even if she wasn't rich, she just has this thing about her yeah that she just carries herself a certain way yeah 80s, i feel 90s even early 2000s yeah. oprah was the shit i feel that I same way what the fuck happened in the yeah. last decade like i feel that same way about like my angelo mm-hmm. i feel that same way about beyonce like most of my icons mm-hmm. of women of like people that i want to emulate are black women because sure. i feel like they have had to fight a thousand times harder just to be taken seriously in spaces yeah. where white women just stroll into Yep. Um, so they've always been heroes of mine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like when I think about what it means to be a strong woman, yeah. Most of my references are black and brown women. Yeah. So to see someone who I idolized so hard yeah. and a road, like I mean, I was like ride or die for Oprah. Yeah. To go from that to where she is now, just being so questionable and so money hungry. Mm-hmm. And so just gross when it comes to capitalism. Mm-hmm. It just makes me want to throw up. And that's another example of like, I never want to get so stupid rich. Yeah. That I forget people in the process because that can happen so easily. You look at people like Oprah who yeah, started out in the humblest of beginnings. Yeah. Didn't she have pet roaches? Yeah. Yeah. She was abused as a child. Like she yeah. grew up in what, Chicago? I think. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like, a deep diver in Oprah's history as her, far as, like, her upbringing. childhood, like, yeah. she should have been on the street somewhere as, like, a drug addict. And she ended up being one of the richest women in the world. Right. But you go from that and going into this career as, like, wanting to be a strong woman mm-hmm. that speaks for other women and helps people. And now, how how did you get here? Yep. So it's easy. You, ha- you can say all the time, oh, I would never let that happen. I would never become that. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's just really sad. It is. But, like, I, have they come out and said they're donating anything? No. They pledged $10 million that we would then have to donate on behalf of their pledge. Right. That's my fucking issue. That's the same shit that, uh, what's her face? Johnny did? Depp and yeah, yeah, yeah. Amber, Amber Heard. Heard. She pledged his money. And that doesn't mean she gave it. No. I mean, she promised to give it, but... She, she hasn't. Right, but the whole Oprah and The Rock thing is that they're pledging to give $10 million once we donate. So, like, if the American public or whoever decides to donate donates $5 million, they, in theory, would donate the the matching for another five. But, like, are you fucking kidding? That's nothing for them. That's and the it's thing. a write-off. That's... We're dying. Like, you and I are both very fortunate to be where we're at where we're not like in dire straits yeah stuff is tight stuff is hard economically yeah i want to yeah don't twist my words don't make that like a tiktok sound um (laughs) don't you don't make it a double entendre yeah do it i dare you um (laughs) but it's really i'm seeing our generation you know and the ones bordering it just fucking drown and like yeah it's so infuriating and I'm grateful to be at a space where like I'm not personally drowning in this moment. There have been 
moments where I'm like, we're fucked. I mean, mm-hmm. you remember we we were talking, you know, off mic, I think before we even started recording, I was about to ball. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. We had some financial stuff come up and I thought we were fucked. Like, yeah. genuinely, like, sell a car, fucked. Like, and, and we don't paper, have nice, car, like, we have normal but working the thing class is, cars. In both of our situations, like, I don't know what your financials look like and you don't know what mine look like. Right. But we both, on paper, are, like, okay. Yeah. Like, financially. Yeah. But because the economy is so fucked. Yeah. Even people like us who have... Middle class. Been lucky enough to have a lifestyle where we're not, like, scrounging for money to eat. It's still rough. So I can't imagine making what I made when I was in my 20s. No. Because minimum wage hasn't gone up. Right. So I can't imagine making what I made in my 20s. And having to pay the amount that I pay now. Correct. Which is even, yeah. Like, and I never want to lose sight of that. I never want, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never yes. want to be so out of touch. Like, there was a a thing for a while where, like, people were interviewing celebrities and they were asking them how much a gallon of milk was. And they had no idea. Because, for one, they don't do their own grocery shopping. No. Somebody goes out and does it for them. And a lot of times they have private chefs and... yeah. They just paid the bill and right. go on with their day. But even if they found out that milk was like, I remember they did that with um, Billie Eilish. But mm-hmm. Billie Eilish also is a child. She's never been an adult yeah. and paid for her own stuff. No, so, like, which is unfair okay. to like put that right. on her. Yeah. Um, but even if they did find out how much milk was, it doesn't affect them. No. Like if they found out milk was twelve dollars, they'd be like, oh. I mean, that seems high, but they'd have no yeah. relation to what that means for the when you have like 20 bucks left right, for the month trying to buy yeah. groceries. Yeah. Well, that took a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck the rich. Ugh, eat them Fuck all. Capitalism. Where are the orcas? I there was that TikTok of um, people in Burning Man getting flooded and an orca shows up mm-hmm. and it's like, how much water is there? How much water? Basically alluding to. Can I get in there and fuck it up? Mm-hmm. And um, the person greeting was like, we'll call you. We'll call you when it's time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I'm over it. I fucking, I can't do this anymore. No. Um, this the I aliens. can do. Yeah. The, this gives me some sense of like sanity, but, sure. which is ironic. This <laughs> um, <laughs> is completely off the fucking rails. <clears throat> A little bit, but that was our topic for this week. Um. I hope that you enjoyed. Um, please follow us on TikTok and Instagram um, at the Morning Girls um, or at the Morning Girls Pod. The links are in our show notes. Um, please send us any uh, emails or stories that you have that you would like us to cover topics, or if you have your own story that you're really fascinated um, about, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck this was. Did I, did I see, you know, a flesh pedestrian? Because I won't say that word out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you not heard that for an SW? No. Really? I've never heard that. Flesh pedestrian? No. Way. I've um, never maybe heard we're that. we not on the same side of TikTok. So instead of an S K I N W A L K E R, M I C K E R. I have found out. <laughs> okay. Um, you can say flesh pedestrian. That's so funny. There we go. It sounds dirty. Doesn't it? Like but, a fl- like a flashlight. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's what I. That's where my mind goes. <coughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have any of those stories, if you'd like us to cover some, you know, topics, and you have suggestions, please 
DM us, uh, send us an email. But otherwise, um, that's it. That's all, folks. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it. That's all, <laughs> folks. I can't do a portrait. Yes. Pick. All right. All Bye, right. y'all. Bye. Bye.